student pastor here at the church. My name is Aaron Moore, and I just want to thank uh, our, our first-time guests for joining us this morning. Whether you're uh, here in person or online, we just want to thank you for joining us and taking time out of your Sunday morning to uh, to be here, to be with us, and we would love to get connected with you. Uh, we have a connection card on the uh, seat, on the back of the seat in front of you. If you fill that card out and you take it to our welcome center, um, we would love to get a gift in your hand, a free gift. I don't know about you. I love free gifts, and I think there's coffee involved, so that's a, a really good gift right there. Um, but, man, we'd love to get connected with you. And if you're online joining us, you can go on vlchurch.com, hit the New Here tab, and we would love to get connected with you as well. And we believe here at Victory Life Church in doing life together. And, man, we want to do life together on this faith journey. Amen. And so, man, uh, if you would do that, we would love to just uh, walk this out with you. We got a couple announcements for you this morning. Uh, the first being Vacation Bible School. And can I have you guys say something with me? Can we do like a call response thing this morning? Can you say, come vacation with us? All right, we're going to do one more time. Is that cool? Ready? Come vacation with us. Oh, come on. We got energy this morning. I'm excited. Um, man, so we, we got Vacation Bible School coming up, and we've been saying come vacation with us uh, for our kiddos. And, man, it's going to be an amazing, amazing week, and we'd love for you to get your kids signed up for Vacation Bible School. It's going to be August 1st through the 5th. 9.30 a.m. to noon every day, and they're going to be uh, uh, doing this theme. The theme this year is monumental, and they're going to be celebrating God's greatness. And the thing is, we all know that God is huge, and there's no one like him, but our kiddos, they're going to be able to celebrate uh, in all of its forms, his hugeness, his love, his grace, his truth, and his power. And it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. And we'd love for your kids to be there. We also have invite cards as well right outside these doors. If you would grab one on the way out, and, uh, and you can uh, do like a little doodle on it too. And so you can give it to your kids to write an invite to a friend. How cool is that? And so I would love for you to partner with us in doing so. Again, you can register online at vlchurch.com. You can hit the uh, banner on the front page that, is, uh, that says Monumental for VBS. And so it's going to be an amazing time. Speaking of VBS, we also have a VBS setup party uh, right after second service over in the south lobby. There will be food, and you're going to be setting up for VBS. You know, uh, you could stick around since you're here for first service. You could stick around, uh, and what I would like to say, double dip in church. Um, or you can uh, go home, come back. It's going to be an amazing time, and, uh, and we like to say it's setting the table. We're setting the table for what God is going to do in these kids lives. And so, and uh, what a, an amazing way to be a part of that. And so again, there's also food involved. And so I know food brings people together. Amen. The last announcement I got for us this morning is Pursue Night. Can you guys say Pursue Night? Pursue Night is an incredible, incredible night of seeking the Lord together in worship and in prayer and just getting, giving God space, intentional space to speak to us. And so um, it's going to be on August 19th, uh, 6.30 p.m. It's going to be an amazing time. I know God has blessed me whenever we've had Pursue Night and just has spoken into my life and, and many others in this place. And so we'd love for you to join us and to have that opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus. 
And so, but not only that, afterwards, we're going to be celebrating, y'all. We celebrate with food here at Victory Life Church. And so, we're going to be having our annual picnic this year, actually after Persuna on that Friday night. And so, we would love for you to come out. Uh, we have our annual picnic celebrating our legacy and the history of this church. And we'd just love for you to join us in on that and more details to come. That's all I got for announcements this morning. If you came to worship the Lord with your tithes and your offerings, we just want to thank you for doing so. You can do so in a few different ways. You can go online at vlchurch.com. You can text to give, and you can also give on your way out. And I just want to thank you again for giving unto the Lord. Can we stand to our feet in preparation for worship this morning? Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we, uh, we, we thank you. For what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we want to worship you for what you've done, for what you're going to do, and for God, for who you are, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of our praise no matter what. And Lord, we're going we're gonna to worship and lift your name high this morning, and we pray that you are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to worship him this morning. We're going to thank him for his greatness. He's been faithful to us. He's been good. He is God. He's all we're living for.
heads this morning. God, we've declared this morning that you, you are God. You are all we're living for. We've declared this morning that through our grief and loss, you are still victorious. Through our hurt and pain, you are still victorious. We have a God we can depend on. We have a God who is faithful. We have a God who never changes. You remain the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. And this morning, Lord, I pray for those who need that same God to be their forever God, the one who's always there and always faithful. I pray this morning that you would step into their need, step into our hurt, step into our pain, step into our finances, step into our relationships, Step into our walk with you. Draw us close. Bring us back. Allow us to feel your presence once again. Allow us to feel your presence right now. In Jesus' name.
same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We praise you. Give you thanks, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your love for us. And how faithful you are, Lord. Through generations, Lord, you proved yourself over and over and over again. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for listening, Lord. Thank you for your love for us and how you're attentive to us, Lord. No prayer is ever discarded. No prayer is ever rejected. We thank you for your love and kindness, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Lord, that you love us. We do need you, Lord. We do need you. We confess our need for you today. Minister, Lord, we pray. Minister to us today. May we encounter you today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? You may be seated. I can hardly see you. There you are. <laughs> I've been blinded by the light. Well, my name is Dave Anderson. I'm one of the elders here at the church. Pastor Matt is away on vacation, rightly deserving to be with his family and having a summer vacation before school begins. I think a lot of us are doing that, so he is away. Bill Anderson is going to be speaking to us today, bringing the word to us. Bill has been the missions director for the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years, something like that. <laughs> you know, forever. You know, this, he's the only one. So he has a real heart for missions. And um, he has been a trustee at the church here, done a couple terms for, with that. And he has been, you know, uh, from, from the beginning here at the church. So. Uh, you've seen his face, I know, but this is Bill Anderson. He's going to speak with us today. And I forgot, the kids, you are now dismissed. Go to Children's Church. You are now dismissed. Bill is going to bring the word to us today. I don't know what happened to the table, but it was very unstable, so I guess we'll use, I guess we'll use this. So, um, Well, we did just get back from Mexico. And I know, woohoo, yes. I know many of you were praying for us. I know many of you supported us. And it was such a great trip. I mean, the work that we did was fabulous. The ministry we did was fabulous. And the Lord just really blessed us. There was no injuries. My wife saw a picture of my son up on a wall with a what looked like a saw. And he was trying to take down a piece of this wall. And she was not happy with me. But uh, it, uh, everybody got back safe and sound, and so just thank you so much. We did so much. There's so much that's going to happen with the money that you gave after we leave as well, and hopefully we'll get an update on that. If you haven't been on Facebook, uh, the Victory Life Facebook has tons of pictures on there of what we did, so uh, take a look at that. So let's go ahead, and we'll open in prayer. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. God, we need more of you. We need to lean into you more and more and receive and realize how faithful you've been to us, Lord. And as we look at your word, I pray that you will speak to us, that you will give us open hearts, open minds, because sometimes your word is not easy to hear, especially in America today. But please, just help us to have open hearts and open minds. Amen. I don't know if anybody has ever seen how they catch monkeys in Africa. It's on YouTube, so we know that it's true. Um, they take a, a gourd or a coconut, they make a little hole, and they put some bait in there. The monkey sticks his hand in, grabs a fistful of that bait, and he can't get his hand back out, right? And he actually just goes crazy trying to pull his hand out of that gourd. He has no clue that he's been trapped, right? All he knows is he wants what's in there, he wants to get it out, and he can't because 
he's got a fistful and he can't get his hand out. Sometimes we as Christians are kind of like that monkey. Our want for things of this world actually cause us to be in a trap that we don't even realize that we're in. Uh, it causes us to be unhappy with our life, our circumstances, and maybe we feel that sometimes, right? We feel that just not all that happy, and if I had a bigger house, if I had made more money, if uh, God gave me this or that, I would be more happy. But we know that our happiness isn't really about our circumstances. Because you will see that contentment, which is what I want to talk to you about, is not how much we have, how good or bad our circumstances are, but it's a matter of the heart and our relationship with God. That's what brings contentment. So we're going to look a little bit into the Word. There was a study done with uh, <clears throat> people that had... Yeah, took brackets of income, so people that made thirty to fifty thousand, fifty to uh, seventy-five, seventy-five to a hundred, and on up. And they asked them one question. They said, "How much would you need to be happy? How much would you need to be happy?" And you know what? Everybody said, "Just a little bit more. If I could just get to the next bracket, I would be happy." But we know that that's not true because the people that were in the lower bracket are maybe now in the middle bracket, and they were saying when they were in the lower bracket, if I could just get to the next bracket. Now they're in that, and then now all they want to do is say, man, I'm not happy, but if I could get to the next one, I would be satisfied. So how do we be content with our lives, satisfied with our circumstances, fulfilled by what God has already given to us? What is kind of the secret sauce to be Grateful, fulfilled, satisfied, happy, content. That's what we want to talk about. It's hard to be content today. I mean, social media shows us that it just seems like everybody has a better life than we do. And you've got commercials that are just feeding into you hundreds of times a day. You don't even realize how much you see that just says, if you had this, you'd be happy. If you had this, you'd be content. And then you've got the dude on YouTube on a, in a toboggan hat. He's in his basement making $100,000 a month, supposedly, right? And you're just like, wow, man, how does he do that? So the Bible gives us some insight into how we can be content. So let's look. We're going to look first at Philippians 4, 11 through 13. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. I am not saying this because I am in need, because Paul was in need throughout his whole uh, ministry. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, he's learned the secret, of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed, hungry, living in plenty or want. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. See, Paul was wealthy. You know, he had a good job throwing Christians in prison, <laughs> which, which was probably, you know, put him in good standing, right, with the Roman world. But he gave it all up when he went to follow Christ. You think your life is rough. Listen to what Paul endured. 
2 Corinthians 11, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, bandits, fellow Jews, Gentiles, in the city, in the country, at sea, with false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've gone hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. And I have been cold and naked. But yet, going back to Philippians 4, Paul says, I was content in all circumstances. Now, I don't know how many of you have been beaten with rods, pelted with stones, shipwrecked, thrown in prison. But Paul was content. See, we all kind of have a better life than Paul does, at least in the physical, don't we? I mean, we don't really go through all these hardships. But he learned to be content in all situations. Now, you would think that Paul, when he became a Christian, he had this unbelievable conversion, right? And you would think he was a super Christian that didn't have to learn anything. But he tells us, I had to learn to be content. It took a while. God stripped me of everything, and maybe he was a little bitter at first. I don't know. I don't want to put words into Paul's mouth that isn't in the word, but uh, he says he has to, had to learn to be content. So something in his heart at the beginning wasn't quite happy. And you know what? If I had become a Christian and God had stripped me of everything I had, I might not be too happy myself. Uh, but let's go on. Look at First Timothy 6. So he learned to be content. And let's see how he learned to be content. What made Paul content? But godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, and I'm going to stop there for a minute. If you have food in your refrigerator, a bed to sleep on, clothes on your back, and a roof over your head, you are among the wealthiest 75% of the people in this world. You know that? If you have those four things, you are wealthy. And if you have a little bit of money in the bank, maybe some money in your pocket, maybe some loose change in your car that you haven't had to go diving for, uh, you are in the 82nd percentile of wealthiest people in the world. Think about that. But let's go on. But if you have food and clothing, you will be content with that. I was thinking as I was going through this, I should have just, that should have been my sermon. If you have food and clothing, you will be content with that. And then just did like a mic drop that would have put AJ over the edge. But um, if you have food and clothing, you will be content with that. So then he goes on. But those that want more than that, those that want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have actually wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But here is the key. Here's the key to being content. Don't look at all that stuff. Don't look at trying to be rich. But you, man of God, Flee from all this stuff of the world that keeps your mind here and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, 
endurance, and gentleness. Want more of me, more of me, more of me, and then that takes your mind and your eyes off of the stuff that you do or don't have. Jesus is saying, lean into me, embrace me, spend more time with me, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, and suddenly all of the stuff that we think is so important will become less important, and if we really get to where it becomes less important and we're like Paul, it will become actually as rubbish, right? That's what he says. It becomes rubbish, all this stuff. So does being content mean we stop trying to better ourselves? I work at McDonald's, and that's where God has me, and so I'm going to work here for the next 55 years. No, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that we settle for what we have. It means that we're content in our situation. Does it say that money is bad? It doesn't say that money is bad. But it says the love of money is wrong. It is the beginning of all kinds of evil. I had a great uncle that lived in Michigan. He became famous for a minute, as the young people say, isn't that what they say? Yeah, for a minute. Uh, And uh, (laughs) trying to be cool. Uh, but uh, he, was, he, was, he became famous. Uh, he did this tithing experiment, and Henry Ford was very involved. It was written up in Time magazine. He was a miller, not like a Daniel Miller, but a person that owned a mill, a flour mill. Uh, and he uh, did this tithing experiment, and he was sitting in church service one time, and the pastor said, Many of you should sell everything that you have and go on the mission field. This was back in the 40s. There was a big push for missions back then. And that bothered him a little bit because, you know, he had built up this uh, business. He felt that he was honoring God by giving back to God. So he went back to the pastor and he said, am I to sell my business, everything that I have, and go on the mission field? And this is what the pastor said. He said, No, you are to make as much money as you can honestly and give as much money as you can to the work of God. That's what God has called you to do. Give and give and give and give. Because making the money wasn't bad, but it's the love of the money that is wrong. So how do we be content? Leaning into God, leaning into God, leaning into God. The verse says, seek after Christ with your whole heart. That brings contentment, and there is great gain with that, great gain. The greater our intimacy with Christ, the greater our contentment. Forget about what you don't have and pursue godliness. Put your eyes here. Like Paul learned, I put my eyes here, and the other stuff becomes unimportant. You know what happens when we do this and the other stuff becomes unimportant? We start to give more. We start to give more. We start to give more because it's less important in our lives. We begin to be more generous with our giving because our eyes are on him and not on more stuff. And all of a sudden, when we get into that next level of income, it's not an invitation to start upgrading and buying more and doing more but it's actually an invitation to start giving more and giving more 
And um, that's what God has called us to do. Will you do that without a few things if you do that? Yeah. I mean, God has called us to do without a few things. Doesn't mean you won't look as good on social media, you know, with all your high school friends that have all this stuff. Yeah. Does it mean that maybe God is calling you to get rid of your Amazon account? You know, maybe. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, God may call you to do some things that are not easy, but taking your eyes off of our stuff, putting it on him is the beginning of being content. And then once we become content with our lives from grow, grow, growing closer to God, we are more willing and eager to give back to God. And the love of money becomes kind of distance. And as Paul says, we're not caught in that trap that is foolish and harmful desires that plunge us into ruin and destruction. Giving back to God, commonly called tithing, though we don't really use that term as much anymore for some reason, is getting our eyes off of us and our stuff and putting our eyes on him. So you can't tithe unless you are willing to give part of what you have and put your eyes a little bit more on Christ. There have been times in my life where we have done a big missions project at the church. So we bought a car for a missionary in Spain. We bought uh, this house in Mexico that we were able to expand the church. And whenever that happens, obviously I'm the missions director. My wife and I sit down. We say, what should we give to this project? And you know, usually my wife says, well, maybe we should give this. And I kind of say, well, maybe we should give this. And then we sort of kind of meet somewhere there because <laughs> I'm not the big giver in our family. My wife is. But uh, whenever we do that, we decide, yeah, we're going to give this amount. And I go to the bank and I pull that out and I think, oh, man, it took me a long time to save this money. And now man, my bank account just went from this to that and it just kind of gives me a little bit of angst, I guess. Uh, but I will tell you, never, ever, six months down the road, a year down the road, two years down the road, have I ever said, oh, man, my bank account's still lower. If we hadn't given that money to that stuff, we could have done this. Never has that happened in my life. Because God takes my focus off of my stuff and starts putting it on him. That's what happens when we give, we give, we give. That foolish, foolishness of wanting more and more is taken away by giving and giving and giving. See, we don't teach about tithing that much in the church. We don't. But I will tell you this, tithing, this is, this is kind of, when we say we tithe, we say, oh, I'm giving to God. But tithing is not about giving to the church, and it's not about giving to God. It is 100% about us. God has put tithing in place 100% for us. Yeah, the church pays salaries, and you know God honors that, but we are called to give because 
it's for us. So I'm going to talk about Psalm 50 here for a minute. It, it's, I love these set of verses. It's where God says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? We've all heard that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, so he can give me a new car. He's rich enough that he can provide this for me. That is so contrary to what this set of verses has to say. He says in this, he says, I want you to give. I appreciate you guys giving. You guys are doing so well at giving to me, but I don't need your money. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. I don't need that. When you bring your goats, when you bring your sheep, I don't eat meat. I don't eat the meat that you bring. I don't drink the blood that drips from the altar. I don't need this. The, the tithe is for you. That's what it's for. And then he makes a promise. And this is his promise. You can call on me when you're in trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me more. That's what he says. If you tithe, here's a promise. You can call on me in times of trouble, and I'll take care of you. And you'll start to honor me more from that tithe. Now, that is what brings us contentment, doesn't it? Knowing that we can call on God when we need to, and he will take care of us. Tithing is so important, and I talked to Pastor Matt before I make this statement. It's as important as prayer, and it's as important as praise and worship. It is. If you read scripture, it's as important as prayer, it's important as praise and worship. It's that important to our spiritual walk, to our relationship with God. Another promise that he gives us, Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. If you free yourselves of love of money, obviously freeing ourselves of love of money, part of that is tithing. I will never leave you or forsake you. Don't fall into the trap of wanting more than what you have. You know why you can be content? Because I will never leave you or forsake you. And that happens first by starting to give back to God. That is a promise. I started to think about this, and I know we don't give do the offering baskets anymore, though. I'm going to throw myself under the bus this morning, and I will say this. We should be doing the offering baskets because our children and our grandchildren should see us giving our tithe. They should see us giving of what God has given to us and giving back to him. It shouldn't be between two doors in a little box in another room. That's what I believe. But, you know, I started to think... When we do start giving these offering baskets again, this is what we should do. The usher should, here, and then when you give your tithe, he should say, thank you. God will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you. You can call on him in times of trouble, and he will deliver you, because that's the promise that he gives us of tithing. So, how do we be content? This is conclusion. So, 
Uh, <laughs> it's a signal, special signal. How do we be content? First, we know it's learned. It doesn't happen overnight. If you're content this morning, it's not going to happen like that. It didn't happen like that for Paul. And we know we're not as spiritual as him. But it will happen for you if you start leaning into God, closer to God, taking more time with him. You will start becoming more content with your life. So we focus more on God, takes our mind off of our stuff, and causes us to be more content. Taking our eyes off of our stuff, becoming more content, allows us to give more. It allows us to give more. And that giving more brings those promises of, I will never leave you or forsake you. You can call on me in times of trouble. And that brings more and more contentment into our life. You know that weird monkey story I told you at the beginning? If the monkey had just not been so greedy, he would have survived. We need to not be so greedy that we don't give back to God what he's given to us. We have to be willing to release some of whatever was in that, the peanuts, the nuts, release it so that we can free our hands and be free and not caught in this trap that Paul talks about. But it all starts with this contentment. And I thought of this hymn as I was uh, doing this sermon. Um, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will become unexpectedly, strangely, miraculously, supernaturally dim and unimportant when compared to his glorious face. That is what brings us contentment as Christians. Let's go ahead and bow your heads. I know these words go against all of the messaging that hits us about a thousand times a day. But, but, but God calls us as Christians to be different. Different than the world. He wants us to be content And he wants us to lean into him more often. Maybe you say, you focus a little bit too much on money. I do. And not enough on being content with what he has blessed us all with. Or maybe you have loved money so much that you have withheld from God, from giving back to God, from what he's blessed you with. If any of those speak to you, I'm not looking around. I'm looking. I've got my eyes closed, too. But you can kind of raise your hand or just uh, maybe pray for forgiveness, pray for help from God. Uh, But help us to be content, Lord, with what you've given us as followers of Christ. 
Help us to look more into your face, grow into you, lean into you, embrace you more so that we can have less of the world because that's really what it's about. It's not just about money, but it's just less of the world and more of you. And help us to be able to not have such a love of money that we don't give back to you what you've asked to do. In Jesus' name, amen. sing that together one time before we go maybe a couple times turn your eyes turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face things of earth and the things stand with me. Lord, we thank you for your word, even when it's not easy, when it goes against everything that we hear every day of our lives, Lord. But to help us to listen to your word, listen to what the Spirit says to us, and we just thank you that uh, you speak to us. I pray everybody that everybody has a, a great day in you. Thank you for allowing us to be together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.